United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explores podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Welcome to the Seminary Explores. My name is Nelson Strobert, and uh, my uh, and my guest today is Pastor Richard Michael and his spouse Bonnie McCourt. Welcome to the Seminary Explores. Thank you, Nelson. Thank you. Nice well, to be here. Good to have you here, and I'm going to get right into it. And that is my first question is uh, or observation is that you have recently returned from co-leading a trip to Israel. How many trips have you led, and could you share how this interest developed? Either uh, one of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, uh, the, uh, the beginning of that, I, I had to go back and look, I think it was around 1985 and, uh, a fellow pastor insisted that I go on, uh, the first trip with a group that he was leading. And, uh, that led to a small contingent from the parish I was serving going along. Uh, I had really no interest. I didn't think it was that valuable an experience. Uh, the uh, the end result of that was that I found it extremely valuable. Uh, there was a quality of vi- in visiting the Holy Land that uh, that brought a whole new uh, whole new window into work that you do with Scripture right. and understanding the uh, understanding the Gospels and the work of uh, the writers of the New Testament and the Old. Uh, in ways that not being there had not allowed me to do before. Uh, I know uh, from people who have um, done uh, made this trip that uh, uh, that uh, when they read scripture now, they they have a very different perspective after going to the Holy Land. Yes, to actually be in these places, you know, to actually be on the Sea of Galilee, it's just. You know, it's a whole different experience to, you know, you, you hear the stories of uh, Caesarea Philippi and, and you know, you, you were there. And right. It brings it to life. It's just, you know, it, it makes it really real. Okay. That, uh, that, that, that's a good advertisement uh, uh, for others who want to make that trip. And what, uh, in, in addition to the scripture, what other benefits do, uh, do you see in people taking such a trip? Well, initially, when I started doing this in, uh, in the 80s, uh, and now that's led to, as near as I can tell, uh, 11 or 12 uh, trips with groups. Wow. The, uh, my, my primary cultural view of the trip was uh, very, very much supportive of uh, Israel, especially uh, Israel as I'd, uh, as I'd sat and listened to the accounts of the Six Day War and uh, understood the uh, conception of the nation following the Holocaust, um, all of that led me to be very, very pro-Israeli and um, not very supportive of the Palestinian community. Um, I I think that uh, as I moved through those 11 or 12 trips, my attitude has uh, been completely 
uh, revised. I, I don't know the revision is a word I want to use, but uh, my experience has been far more uh, led me to be far more sympathetic with the Palestinian uh, cause than than the Israeli one. Though there are as many Israelis, I believe who I could identify with who would also be sympathetic with the Palestinian cause. I don't think that uh, American news that uh, shows the right wing uh, understanding of uh, the state of Israel is, is completely, uh, completely representative of the people of the state of it. Right. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, your perspective, uh, your your change in perspective. How did that come? At, you know, from these uh, eleven trips that you've made, how or can you identify when that change for you occurred? Uh, somewhere around trip number seven or eight. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it wasn't changing all along, but uh, when I started to go more recently. We started to stay in Bethlehem as the core uh, place that the rest of the tour would evolve around. Um, being with Palestinians, being with Palestinian Christians, uh, listening to uh, the, uh, the the pressure they live under, the apartheid they live under, uh, understanding. Well, I did. I, I had experienced before the whole system of uh, limiting travel of uh, Palestinian people. Right. Uh, once you start to go through the checkpoints in order to go back to your hotel in Bethlehem, uh, the, uh, the your whole your whole experience begins to understand what the Palestinian people are talking about that you're living with and working with. Um, I think that the first time I experienced that was when our bus had to stop at the wall, Nelson. Mm -hmm. and we had to we had to go through the security gate in the wall, and we had to pick up another bus and a Palestinian guide on the other side of the wall in Bethlehem, because Israeli guides would be fined. It was illegal for them to cross this that wall and continue the tour in Bethlehem. Okay. Uh, now, did that now did that uh, that change in procedure uh, was that a result of the company that you use for travel, or uh, or just a change in uh, the way the government uh, or the governments were uh, uh, using uh, using well, transportation? So, over the course of my visits, my experience with traveling to the Palestinian territory has been to get on a bus to drive down the road between Jerusalem and Bethlehem, what, five miles, six miles mm -hmm. at the and uh, to just drive into Bethlehem. Right. No problem. Uh, once the wall went up after the second intifada, uh, the, the experience I had was that one I've described, stopping right. at the wall, going through security, having all our personal belongings check and coming out the other side, getting on another bus and having a Palestinian guide take us to Bethlehem and wherever else we were going within the Palestinian territory. Okay. Uh, 
That was government. That was the Israeli government. And it was an attempt to, uh, to limit the economy of Palestine. Ah. Uh, and uh, so Israeli guides were, I mean, were very highly trained at that point. And the only guides at that point uh, were not allowed to cross that wall. That was against the law. Um, however, now I think that law has loosened. Or I think guides can go back and forth. We have had nothing for the last four trips we were on. We have had Palestinian Christian guides. Okay. And so going back and forth through the wall has not presented any problems. Staying in Bethlehem, uh, and increasingly the reason I would take people on this trip is not only to experience the Holy Land, to experience the uh, Jesus sites, uh, a pilgrimage of, of our faith in that, as we, as Bonnie said on the sea, I mean, you go to the Sea of Galilee, you go to Caesarea Philippi, you go to Capernaum, you go to Magdala. I mean, these are all places that we're part of through the stories and the markers of our, of our, our biblical faith. Uh, but, but to go to Bethlehem and to stay in Bethlehem, to be part of the Palestinian community for five, six, seven days, to go to church with Palestinian Christians who are now less than 2%. We think the uh, last figure I saw was 1.2% okay. of the population. Uh, to, to have this experience, it, it just changes your whole perspective. And that that is something I want for people I take to the Holy Land and hope to be able to get go again or maybe more. But um, it, I don't think there's anybody in the last group we took from St. James, basically St. James Lutheran Church here in Gettysburg, whose opinion and understanding of the conflict of the situation culturally has not changed um, okay. that... yeah. Yeah. Uh, i'm sorry go ahead bunny when you see what these people have to go through on a daily uh basis when you see the little town of bethlehem surrounded by a wall with barbed wire and watchtowers and and with with soldiers with uh, machine guns at the at the entrances and exits and what these people that that the people who live there the Palestinians who live there if they work elsewhere because there's not a lot of work in Palestine per se right have to get up at three or four o'clock in the morning and go to one of these checkpoints and hope that they're going to be allowed to get through uh, it's up to the discretion of these soldiers whether they let them through or not if they decide that close the checkpoint that day they close the checkpoint so these people are living in this under the shadow of literally under the shadow of this wall but also with these restrictions i mean we we traveled with a man who was born in bethlehem mm -hmm. he's now an american citizen but he has to get special permission which may or may not be granted to him if he wants to fly into israel he has to fly to Jordan and, you know, and come in that way uh, most of the time if he wants to, you know, visit. To, to visit. Yeah. He can't necessarily fly into Ben Gurion Airport. And the man is an American citizen. He has an American passport. Oh. So it's really very um, eye opening to see how 
people are forced to live over there. Right. And, and, and certainly we don't see this in the reporting in our daily news reports on, yeah, we on don't this side. Hear, we don't hear their side of the story. We hear the Israeli side. Well, and there's, and there's also a distinction to be made. I think, I think our American news stories paint Palestine with one brush. But there's a distinction to be made between the Palestinian Authority uh-huh. and the territories of Bethlehem and that part of Palestine, and then Gaza, which is underneath the control of Hamas, which is a far more militant right. uh, edge of, of the Palestinian uh, population. So, and what we hear most of the time is what Hamas has done, and Hamas will tell you that they've done that in response to the Israelis, but that you know, to Israeli, uh, uh, have been initiated by Israeli actions. Uh, but it doesn't matter which child started the fight if your home is being torn down because somebody thinks you're related to that, that right. uh, problem. Uh, it, uh, it, really, it really becomes uh, in, insignificant to the people around for those whose house is being torn down or who whose son's being taken away at four o'clock in the morning by the uh, IDF and has no 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 reason given and can be in jail as was this pastor Bonnie's talking about. He was in jail for all for, for literally over a year uh, oh my. With, with no charges brought. Wow. Uh, from what you're saying, both of you are saying it that uh, you've you uh, that Palestinians are open to talk about their situation with you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And especially, well, now the experience we have is mostly with the Palestinian Christian community. Right. Uh, but no. And, and the other piece that I, I or the, 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 the other part of this is, even though these people live underneath this occupation, there is a kind of joy and a kind of hope and a kind of hospitality that just radiates from the Palestinian community. Really, that we, that we get to experience. This isn't this isn't whining. Uh, I mean, this is literally apartheid that they live under, and uh, that's that's a definition placed on that not by us but by the UN. Right. Uh, it, it it but but to experience these people is to know graciousness and joy that. Um, is is in, incredible. Yeah, they're really they they just they just love to um, it, to share their culture with you as well, you know, yeah. and and just the the dancing and the eating and the singing. I mean, they're just just absolutely joyful people. It's really wonderful. Oh, wonderful. that that that's remarkable to hear in the midst of what they're going through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess another question that comes to mind for me is how have you or how have you prepared people for going on these trips and how has that changed uh, for them uh, or have you observed changes in how you prepare people to experience the trip? Well, generally, generally, uh, besides uh gatherings that uh that that give information on what the travel to this place is like uh a reading list is uh, is something that uh changes over time 
Uh, and actually, pieces of that reading list from the 80s and 90s were still uh, addressing the uh, the Palestinian uh, understanding of this conflict and, and what they had to live under. Uh, <clears throat> one of those books was Drinking the Water in Gaza uh, that I, I used to... Uh, to share with people. So a reading list is basically because people come, it's not always like all oh, the, the, the whole group comes from a, one congregation. Right. Right. They come from many different places. So the reading list is really the, the preparation that, that you get. And you really don't, uh, I really don't want to say too much before we go. I want people to discover this on their own. Um, yeah, and I think that is some that is very important because people, you know, you're not feeding them this ahead of time. Uh, they mm-hmm. see it with their own eyes and they understand it that way. I mean, like you said, the people at St. James, they, you know, their eyes were opened and you could you could see it. You know, it was it was uh, they experienced it themselves. So it was not. Yeah, it was not only uh, I, again. The whole experience of, of walking in the footsteps of Jesus is incredible. But beyond that, your worldview begins to change as you experience the other cultures involved uh, in this part of the world. And the way in which your experience varies from what we typically are being told about that part of the world. Right. Oh, my. Uh, as you... Uh, are, are there... For people who are listening to this uh, podcast and who have an interest in uh, in this uh, part of the world, uh, are there any recommendations that come to mind for you uh, to orient them to the situation? Well, I, again, I think anything I say pre-trip becomes propaganda of sorts. Right. Uh, and, but... At the same time, I think as they go, they might want to consider the tour company they go with. Is it Palestinian? Is it a Palestinian Christian tour company? Ah. Uh, uh, there are now there are now Palestinian guides. Um, in fact, they just graduated another class from Bethlehem Bible College. Um, now, the guide, in order to be a guide in Israel, it's a full it's a full college. Uh, experience uh, to be licensed. Right. Uh, it's a degree. And uh, so that would be one consideration to be certain you're working with a Palestinian company. And can I mention one company's name on this? Well, go ahead. We'll, we'll, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Martin, Martin, actually, uh, Martin Zimman, uh, Dr. Martin Zimman at the seminary introduced me to the Good Shepherd Travel. Um, and Good Shepherd Travel works with a company called Grace Tours in Bethlehem. <clears throat> and uh, those that, that again, anything that I do now, I, in my own, I mean, it's, it's minuscule. But in that minuscule way, I want to support the Palestinian economy. Because not the people of Israel, but the state of Israel goes to great lengths to limit that economy uh, and, and tourism because most tours will come to the Holy Land. Uh, the only time they visit Palestine is to go to Bethlehem or to go to Jericho. Uh, oh. And whatever little bit of economy 
or money they spend in those places, but the basic part of their trip and the basic part of the funds and, and, and cost remains in Israel. Uh, you don't stay in Bethlehem. You don't, uh, you go in and out of Bethlehem, you go in and out of Jericho, but your hotel and everything else is in Israel in the old city or, or the new city. Right. Right. So what, one of my jobs, one of my missions at this point is if people go, I would like to see them go with Palestinian companies and with uh, Palestinian guides, if at all possible. Okay. Uh, um, uh, um, as we come to a, a, a close, I can't believe the time is going so rapidly. Um, is there any advice that you will give that you can give to us who are not planning on going uh, uh, to, uh, to, to the Holy Land um, for understanding? First of all, don't believe everything you hear. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and and be, be, be aware that there is another side to the story. Again, I say uh, not all Israelis are settlers. Not all Israeli citizens are in support of the apartheid policy towards Palestine. Right. Uh, and uh, it's important to understand that because you can paint them with the same brush the same way Palestinians get painted with a terrorist brush. Right. So it's important to know that. Secondly, if you have a computer and you get on YouTube, there's a there's a, uh, uh, there's there's a lot of, uh, of videos from the Palestinian standpoint. Again, you're going to have to use your uh, ability to think critically mm -hmm. about. But many of them are very good especially when it comes to, uh, we didn't even get into the settlements and, and what they're doing to Israel and Palestine, but um, there's a lot of good material out there. Uh, there's a good little book called The Other Side of the Wall by Munzer Isaac, uh, who's a, a Lutheran pastor at Christmas, Tree, Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem. Um, I mean, there's, there's a a whole lot of good uh, good material out there to read by Palestinian Christians. Okay, uh, well, that's so, that's very helpful, very helpful. I'm uh, sorry, I, we took up the time. I, I apologize. Oh no, no, no! This has been fascinating, and hopefully, uh, people hearing this broadcast will will uh, go to their computers and uh, go to their libraries and and dig into this. Uh, this area of, of the world. Uh, for the Seminary Explorers, I have been talking with uh, Pastor uh, Dick Michael, Richard Michael, and his, his spouse, uh, Bonnie McCourt, and we've been talking about Israel and Palestine and the situation there as they have traveled. Uh, so I want to thank you for giving up your time to, to share with us your experience. You're thank welcome. You, thank you, Nelson. For the Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explorers, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.